Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, America. Today is January 15th, 2017. This is Billy Jones of Everyday Folks Books and creator of Everyday Folks Radio. Thank you for tuning in for another exciting segment. This is a beautiful weekend, at least for me here in Miami. I know across the nation, folks have snowed in or dealing with more extreme cases of weather. So my heart goes out to you. Hope you are well. And hopefully you're listening to this show as well if you have anything else to do. If at any time you'd like to speak to me or any of my guests during the live broadcast, you may call me at 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347-539-5372. And instead, if you'd like to inbox me in lieu of your questions via phone, you may do so via email at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. I have a, a lengthy list of things that I'd like to share with you before I get to my guests. Today's special guest will be joining us shortly, but I have a number of announcements um, to provide before they come on. First of all, this is MLK Weekend, and what is the purpose of MLK today? It still commemorates the incredible work of a man who died for our people, all people, in order to live and celebrate and understand that we can live beyond just tolerance, but mutual trust and friendships and connections with others as a result. And so as we celebrate this weekend, be reminded that it's not just a day off on Monday, but it's actually a day on. I hope that you are contributing to your communities wherever you may be in any type of initiative, whether it be a park restoration or feeding the homeless efforts or land restoration. There are so many things where, that, is need, that are needed in your community. So I do hope you're considering, if you are off, spending a few moments and making a difference in your own community. As well, tomorrow, I'm very excited. My alma mater, Florida International University, will be participating in the annual MLK Day Parade, which will be held in Liberty City here in Miami, Florida. Great opportunity. I was asked, actually, um, by President Rosenberg to join him on the float with other alumni and students showing my Panther pride. And if any of you know me, I am very proud of the incredible education I received from FIU, from undergrad to graduate school. So I'm very grateful for the preparation that's provided to me. And this is the least I can do in commemoration of MLK to participate in this event. If you're not familiar with Miami, I must share that the parade will take place on Martin Luther King Boulevard, which is a major thoroughfare here in Miami. And there's significant history with the community. At one time in the mid 20th century, there were riots that took place, racial riots. And that divide created challenges for the black community who once resided there. And so it's a great opportunity for us to celebrate King's birthday in that community, considering the political and socio the sociological issues that have occurred over the years. Secondly, I'd like to send a special announcement 
if you are available February 11th, if you reside here in South Florida, you're welcome to join me at the African-American Research Library, where I will be facilitating a lecture from 2 to 3.30 p.m. on the subject of Harlem Renaissance literature, one of my specialties, one of my favorite areas. And I, that lecture, by the way, is at a beautiful facility. If you're not familiar with the African-American Research Library and Cultural Arts Cultural Center, this is a public library that is part of the Broward County um, Library District. And what it provides is an opportunity for individuals who are researching on African-American culture in all contexts. It serves as a foundation um, for that body of, of knowledge. As well, you are encouraged you are encouraged to partake in some of the artistic expressions that are taking place there throughout the month. So do come and check me out there. As well, I wanna say special thanks to my dear friend, Anike Madison, who has been holding it down in, in, on her show, A Journey Into Passion with Anike S. If you missed her show or any of our shows, you can reach us in iTunes by downloading our show on your, as a podcast on your mobile device. Next Friday will be the next launch of Keep It Up With K-Pop with our K-Pop team. Do check them out at 1 p.m. on the 27th. And as well as my show, which will be occurring every week for, on, the sun, on a Sunday over the next few weeks. Special shout out to my friend, Tammy Edward. I hope you're listening. I forgot your birthday. Here's your happy birthday. <laughs> In fact, you, meant, you sent me a message on Facebook asking me to send you a shout-out for your birthday. So here is your birthday shout-out. And lastly, before I introduce my guest, I'd like to say congratulations to my grandparents, who this week will be celebrating their 61st anniversary together. And I have to tell you, if you know anything about Eddie and Betty Jones, they are quite special. I am who I am because of them. And somehow, some way, they made it through, and they're still so congratulations to you both in your incredible livelihood together, and may you have many more anniversaries. So folks, today's session is very special for a couple reasons. One, as I said a year ago, it's been over a year since we launched Everyday Folks Radio, and we have taped or broadcast, and broadcast um, over 70 episodes over the past year. And this segment is the first uh, follow-up segment with former interviewees who have come through the studio, who are here to provide some updates on what's going on in their lives. And I have to tell you, there's a lot. <laughs> and so I'm very privileged to introduce two dynamics. I feel a couple who epitomizes love, fun, and, 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 and sanctimony. And I'll tell you why. They committed, they're committed to each other and I've never seen them negative. And that is why they are blessed with the things they receive. So if you're looking for an example of love, you don't need to look any further than these two. I welcome Chicken and Wooster. How are you today? Hello. Hello thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Well, first of all, thank you for coming to North Miami Beach. <laughs> <laughs> it is a long way from Kendall. And, so, and also, it's not a pretty day outside as well. So they, they made it through. And they have a very intimately day. And I first thank you both for being here. I know that this past year, since the last time we checked in, I check in with you all the time. I see you often enough. But a lot of folks who listen to the show, you're one of the guests that I received lots of comments and follow-ups. Mm -hmm. And people began watching your Facebook. 
And you have videos. You two have begun to launch. They've been doing this video thing, folks. You have to check them out. And they do, and they give these updates on different aspects of their lives. And they're hilarious. So if it's a holiday, they're doing something thematic for the holiday. And most recently, they have some, a, spe- a special announcement that I prefer that they share. So I want to start. doesn't matter who jumps in. What's been going on? Tell the world what you've been up to. <laughs> uh, let's see. The latest was I was pregnant with twins, and they came into the world way earlier than they were supposed to be here. They were, I was due February 15th, and they showed up December 7th at 29 weeks and six days. So we now have our Ollie twins. We have Olivia and Oliver, and they are currently in NICU at uh, Jackson Memorial Hospital and the Holt Children's Hospital. That I want to shout out to them. They have been, their team has been absolutely amazing. The nurses there are very loving and caring towards our children, towards all the children there, really. Um, they're a level three NICU, top in the United States, and they really, I mean, they really go above and beyond for our children. So that's like our biggest um, thing that we've been up to. No, I have to admit, it's been fantastic. They're going to be there approximately eight weeks. And Sylvia's been there every single day. I've maybe missed one day, but I've been with her next to each other. And it means everything to us. Uh, Everything that we've been building towards since the moment we got together five and a half years ago has the culmination of this. We've had our ups and downs, our ins and outs. We have taken very a lot of losses, personal, but we always stay the course because we love each other and we wanted to achieve this for us to have a family to be complete and be happy. And these two little babies are the culmination of that, of that love and sacrifice. And if we had to do it again, we've talked about this, we would do it exactly the same way with the same exact results. I have to share this. You have to see these two on Facebook and on social media. <laughs> they are so cute. I'm talking first the parents. They're so adorable. And then they have these two little bodies on top of them. And they get over 100 comments and likes a day. I'm taking notes because I don't even get that many likes sometimes with certain things. In fact, I'm hardly ever there. And when I'm there, I'm looking at what you're doing. Our kids are cute. <laughs> they are exactly, exactly. Not because they're mine, but they are very cute. They are extremely cute. And I have to share, as they said, they've, they've endured a lot last year. 2016 was a year for everybody. We don't need to talk about all the specifics, but it was a year that said, good thing, goodness, it closed. Oh, yes. Would you agree? Uh, with, with the exception of December 7th to right. December 31st, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Well, on the, yeah. And yeah. in every aspect of it, whether whatever position you take, it was just one of those crazy years that you look back and said, my God, what happened? Yeah. And you're just glad that it's over and 2017 is here and you said to yourself, let me just start fresh, take a deep breath and try to do the right things. Yes. And, and, that's, and that's what all we can do. And I have to share, I have 13 questions from people. Mm-hmm. The moment I posted this announcement for the show, it was my fault. I posted it late because, as you can see, I've been going through changes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, nonetheless, there's still a committed audience. Folks, I have to share this. We're now nearing almost 1,500 listeners and downloads per week. And so, thank you so much. We have listeners. Check this out. We have listeners in Malaysia, in Iraq, in Canada. I can see the analytics, and it shows me exactly what map and location. 
And so we're getting folks, Korea, nationally because of the K-pop show, we're getting folks from all over who are listening. And even though in those communities, our majority is 87% is America, mm-hmm. but we're getting the remaining 13% from an international scope. That's amazing. And so thank you. And part of that is because of folks like you. If, if it weren't for the extraordinary everyday folks who we bring in here, we wouldn't be able to do the work we do. So I thank you. And it kicked a bit after your show. So then things began to spiral from there with all kinds of things. And we have to listen to that here at Everyday Folks. So today's show is going to be a little different because, A, we wanted to know what they were up to. They have beautiful twins. <laughs> they are so adorable. And also, I want to share this. Being a parent is something. <laughs> it's something. And, and, you know, having a planned parenthood, because, folks, I can honestly say I watched these two, these two make a planned parenthood. But even though you planned it, have there been some moments where you're thinking, wait a minute. Oh, Lord. Oh, wait a minute. Well, what was unscripted? What came well, up that you may not have known? Uh, the whole thing was unscripted. <laughs> I think the other thing was unscripted. The whole thing was unscripted. Because when we tell people what went down, I don't think people look at us like either we're crazy or we're just making it up. But we could not make up 2016 as to we thought we planned it, prepare the babies, get to the pregnant, go to the pregnancy, have the kids, and that's it. But everything went... As, as it should, crazy, and we, uh, you want to elaborate on Let, this? Yeah, let's start, like, from a very personal level that it's kind of taboo out there, and a lot of people don't discuss it and don't talk about it because it's embarrassing, or oh no, or oh my god, people don't accept it. I've been infertile. I knew I was infertile. I've known since I was 19 years old. Um, I didn't ever think I would be pregnant. I didn't think I'd have the opportunity to do it. I knew I would have to do in vitro fertilization, IVF. Um, and I had explored it in my 20s. And for financial reasons and, and other reasons, it didn't it didn't come to fruition. So along comes Wooster, also uh, known as Adolfo. <laughs> um, and he's like, you're going to have my babies. And I looked at him. I was 39. I said, you're crazy. Mm. <laughs> I said, this is very hard to, you know, it's not going to happen. It just I, maybe when I was 20, but now I'm like pushing 40, buddy. Um, and he said, oh, no, don't worry. And at, a, at 2014, we jumped in head first and started doing um, IVF. The first, the first one ended in miscarriage, which, again, is very taboo. And it was um, at five weeks. And it was, it was very painful. It was um, very painful because here I am. This is the only thing I've ever wanted to be was a mother. And I, it ended miscarriage. And I needed a donor, um, a donor egg. Again, these are not things that people, many people talk about, but I think our story will serve to help others because there's many people out there that just don't. That's right. And we went to Creative Love Donor Agency Wendy Arker. She mm-hmm. is absolutely phenomenal, amazing. I can't say enough about Wendy. Um, we used them for the donor egg for me. And we went to Conceptions of Florida with Dr. Armando Hernandez Ray, also a phenomenal team. Um, I call them family and friends now. They are beyond doctor patient relationship. These people have been absolutely amazing. Dr. Hernandez has amazing astronomical success rates. He, they are located in Coral Gables in Merrick Park. Mm-hmm. Again, it's called Conceptions, Florida. And, you know, he held my hand through the miscarriage. He cried with us. The whole staff cried with us. 
And when it came for round two, my husband also looked at me and goes, hey, let's try this again. <laughs> so, well, yeah, so what uh, I said was, you were up for a second round? <laughs> you were up for a second round? And I'm like, uh, did she, we win the lottery? <laughs> she, she looked at me and she said, we can't afford it because we had taken out loans and credit card. Mm-hmm. And said, that's not what I'm saying. I said, do you want a second round? you want to do another and she said, yeah, how are we going to do this? So, And I'm not embarrassed to say it, nor am I ashamed. I pretty much cashed out my retirement mm-hmm. 401k, took out the money, mm-hmm. and said, can we do this again? And it was a couple of surgeries I had to do, and she had to do in order to rectify certain things. And for men, it's even more taboo, because as men, we don't want to dismiss right. that there right. might be a situation mm-hmm. wrong with mm-hmm. us. But when you were the right person, you love that person, you would do whatever it takes. Right. And I, I was willing to commit to the surgeries, and it was nothing major. It was Simply fixed, and then we got 2016. We finally, after a couple of months of trying to find a correct donor, we did. We got Sylvia pregnant, and then we said to ourselves, "Okay, here we go. This is going to be easy. She'll be pregnant. We'll do this. We'll do that, and then she have the kids, and that'll be it." However, life takes a different turn. And uh, at week 15, I mean at week five, I started. I woke up and I was bleeding. Wow. Um, and it was, I, I thought it was urine, but it was just straight blood. And I cried and I'm like, this can't be happening again. Um, the next day we went to doctor, to the doctor mm-hmm. and he did our ultrasound and he, and they saw two sets. That's when they said we had twins. Um, but they thought that maybe one of them was not attaching and which we were like, okay, you know, if we end up with one, we end up with one. Right. They couldn't tell us if the babies, if they were viable at that time. And that word viability, you have no idea what that stings like mm. Um, mm. when you see two little sacks up on that ultrasound. And I was sent to a maternal fetal doctor that was for high risk immediately. And again, we don't, we can't confirm viability. Right. I had what's called a subchorionic hematoma. So I had a huge blood yeah. clot. Mm. Um, in my uterus and they put me on bed rest I was on bed rest for 12 weeks I bled for the 12 weeks and you know all the other regular pregnancy symptoms of throwing up and nausea and swollen sensitive breasts and Mm -hmm. you name it uh, yeah Wow. I had every pregnancy symptom under the sun so how do you feel right now like you look great thank you you look no, like your old self. Like, so how do you feel now? Um, I feel better. I had the reason the babies came early, the physical reason, the, not the emotional reason, but the mm-hmm. physical reason that the babies came early is I had preeclampsia with severe features and help syndrome mm. where my platelets dropped. My liver enzymes were almost 10 times their normal limit. Mm-hmm. And my blood pressure was very high and it was fluctuating. So to save all three of us, they had to take out the babies. So I still have some visual disturbance. I'm still very dizzy. Mm-hmm. Um, Your appetite headache. is good? I, my appetite is good. Okay. I have a headache that won't go away. There's nothing I can do, nothing I can wow. take that makes it go away. Um, but other than that, I've all that my healthy children. Your babies. <laughs> I see my babies and it's like, all right, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. I have to share. I'm so glad. There are two people who I'm very happy with parents, and I say this to you all the time are these two. So many people are blessed with the opportunity to have or make a baby. 
And I'm being honest. Some people should not have children. Mm-hmm. But these two are individuals I want to have children. These are individuals who you want who are excellent contributors to our society. They're phenomenal friends. They're very loyal loved ones. Why not be a parent? And they're responsible. And these things you can't buy in a store. And so I am so proud because out of all the anguish, there is joy. The light at the end of the tunnel. And here we are today celebrating. For those of you who are listening, for those of you who are listening, you're now listening to BJ here on Everyday Folks Radio with an interview, follow-up interview with Chicken and Wooster. If you'd like to speak to us, call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347-539-5372. I'm getting questions galore now. So I'm going to start because some of you sent in email questions about 20 minutes before the show, so I printed those out, but I'm getting a couple on the end. So I'm going to start here, and I'm going to bounce back and forth. So this is from Cynthia. I think you both know Cynthia. Cynthia says, in case I don't get to listen to the show, I wanted to first and first I wanted to write in. First, congratulations to you both Thank you. on your new parenthood. Thank you, Cynthia. I'm also an aunt to twins and know the struggle firsthand seeing my sister go through it. My question is, how has life changed for you guys becoming parents for twins? And how will you keep the spice in your love for each other away from the twins? <laughs> Can I go for go? Well, I hear <laughs> one thing that we specifically uh, talked to me about, which I've learned now, is to have a date night. Um, a nice going out to dinner at a nice restaurant or any restaurant for that but you both can sit down and still as a dolphin still there, chicken and wooster, and be adults and talk about life, talk about things, and enjoy it at least once a week to keep it up. Because if not, you'll lose yourself with the stress of, we have to do this. We have to do that for the baby. And then you become these two different people as opposed to being one unit. Mm-hmm. And I, I have now learned that we have to make the time. And it doesn't have to be romance all the time. A lot of people think it has to be candlelight and all mm-hmm. this. No, just that mental break away from the stress and just be with, with your partner and talk to each other and just focus on each other, have a nice dinner, and just kind of shoot the breeze for an hour or two. And it kind of resets yourself, especially for the woman. I mean, Deals a lot of stress with a multitasker. Mm-hmm. Sylvia definitely is that. So she needs to take a break. And as far as the twins, when we go back to reality, we have to, okay, we have to buy this, we have to do that, very, with the organized, but there is stress always. Intimacy is not everybody imagines that intimacy is like, you know, hot, passionate, mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. thing in bed. Intimacy between a couple that truly, truly loves each other is being able to. Open up. open up to each other, dr- you know, drug through, go through the muck, even if it's ugly, even if, you know, what you're feeling is not adequate. Um, Adolfo has, is very loving towards me and he likes, he likes to protect me. He wants to protect me. And when he would see me crying every time we leave the NICU that I'm crying, he, at the beginning, he was like, no, don't cry, don't cry. Hmm. They're good. They're being taken care of. But it, it was that emotional attachment that, you know, I was breaking every time I left the hospital that I leave the children. Um, and once he began holding them and cuddling them to his chest, he, he understood. And, you know, we talked about it where I'm like, I need to, feel this. I, need right. to yeah. I need to, to, you know, it's, it's a little bit of grief that you, you know, you have separation anxiety from your children. Yeah. You're a mother, you have children, yeah. but, 
you're leaving them in the hospital. And I'll yeah. tell you this much real quick. Wow. As a guy and as a father and a husband, do not try to fix your wife. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Listen to her. Let her vent. Pay attention. You might lose some body parts. Instinctive, <laughs> instinctive, as a husband, you try to fix her. You try to tell her, well, don't cry or don't worry because it's our way of trying to relieve that stress from you. But what your partner wants to do, what she wants to do, is just vent out. And in the venting, she'll feel better. It's better to understand her and empathize with her and even put yourself in her shoes. Like she said, when I put my baby on my chest, right. I got it. Do not try to fix it. Men are fixers, per se. And I learned, I'm not here to fix Sylvia. I'm here to try to understand Sylvia's feelings of situation. Yeah. And, and, that, and you know what? She appreciates that more. Mm-hmm. Than any romantic, passionate thing that can or thing that I can buy for her because she's now okay. You understand me, and that's what women want to be understood as mothers and as a wife. From my mm-hmm. personal experience, I cannot talk about other people. That's how I feel. Now we'll fill you in later when the chaos erupts when both children are home. Right now, <laughs> neither are home. Then I'll bet they're off, right? <laughs> I'll bet they're off right now. And I have to share, Carla from Miami, Florida. You asked the question, you actually answered it. It seems like you two have been through a lot. What keeps you going? You just answered it. There was another question coming in from Darnell from Hollywood, Florida. And I'm getting another one over here. Describe the, per- describe the perfect piece for you. Describe the perfect piece as in mm-hmm. like what piece, mm-hmm. pieces for us? Yeah. And when do you get it, if at all? I think right now our piece is when our children are laying on our chest mm-hmm. in the NICU unit. Yes. That's our utter peace. Uh, hey, I agree. Everything melts away. Mm. Everything, all the stress, all the pain, all the hurt, all the loss goes away because nothing's more beautiful than seeing your wife holding the babies in her chest. And she looks at me from across the, the, the room sometimes. She tells me, why don't you come sit next to me? I said, you don't understand. I want to capture this as a picture in my mind as to how beautiful this is. And I look at her. And you think I don't want to sit with her. I'm like, no, I'm just mentally capturing the moment. That, to me, is a moment I can live forever. And all the hurt and all the pain that we all carry with each other mm-hmm. in life just vanishes. Mm-hmm. And then that's why I understood Sylvia now better that when we leave that, we're coming back to the stress that everybody faces. And it's, it, it's unfortunate, but you know what? In that moment, I can live forever. If anything I take into the afterlife will be that moment where my wife and my two kids are snuggled to her and they're just sleeping. And that, to me, is peace. Who takes these pictures that you take? Like, because um, I see you both. I, I have to tell you, they look so professional. So who's taking these pictures? The nurses. The, the nurses, nurses are taking them. With our kids. Oh, yeah, the nurses, okay. They, they, the nurses, see, we don't come off as these uppity tight people who don't want to talk right, to people. Right, and, and some people are, are rushing these and not want to talk. But we're talkers, and we really, we try to be down to earth to everybody. And, and people kind of get to know us. And they're, they're, they're crazy, but they're, not, they're harmless. And then people start talking to us, and we're very open. Mm-hmm. And when people see us struggling trying to take a selfie like everybody else does, and I'm holding a baby, they offer. And they're like, you know what? Let, let's just yeah. help you guys out. Well, the Christmas picture that's up on yeah. our Facebook, the, that cover photo, um, that we were each holding, the nurse was like, give me, the, give me your phone. We need a picture. And actually, <laughs> one of the NICU doctors that had been with our daughter, that they had scared us and told us they were in an incubator, when, like maybe two days after she was born, um, and kind of took an appreciation for our daughter because – our daughter is itty bitty, but man, does she have a big personality already. <laughs> I have to share something coming in from someone who may know you well. Paula, 
Pereira de, Sil- de Silva. Uh-huh. Yeah. She says, I don't have a question. I just want to say congrats to, to the both of you. Thank you. I Thank know you them both. personally, and I, have, I am really proud of all that you have done. They are an awesome couple, and they are on my role models. They are on my role model to be. Keep it up because you can do this and more. Mm-hmm. That was very nice. Thank you, Father. There are more coming in. I'm going to jump back over here to the older list. Marta from Miami, Florida. If you can go back in time, what um, what would you make a, a few changes to make a few changes in life? Would you, or if you could, would you change something? Um, so what? I'm a I'm a sum of my experiences. Yeah. And I told Sylvia, I needed to go through the mud to come out clean. And I needed to go through all this to realize at this point in my, in my life at 44 that I could be a good husband and have a wife and sustain a household and have children because then I'd have the mature capacity. I could not say that 10 years ago or even six years ago. But all these experiences that I went through in my life has led me to this, that I, that I have nowhere else to be but with my wife and children. If you're too young and immature, you don't realize. You're not, yeah, and you have to grow into it. What I, what I, is there any regret? No. It's just, it is what it is, an experience, and now I look this up and I'm ready. I'm the one who said I want to buy you a house. I'm the one who said I want to give you children because I mean, my own way, my own mature way, I guess, I was ready. And I prepare completely when these babies come home and the diapers and all that. No, but with time, Oh, but she's a good with the diaper change. She's got the diapers down. He's got the diaper situation down. Yeah, with three Very nurses, proud of supervisors him. make sure I don't put it in the kid's face or something. But yeah, it, it, it's going along. I have this here. If you, if you know these two, anything they put on their list, check. Yeah. Check, we right? Don't know, we don't we put know on, how to quit. Well, that's also because you're also driven. You have a yeah. goal, you accomplish it, and you don't make excuses. Mm-hmm. And there was a question actually on the list that related to excuses. And I wouldn't Number 13, anything. Nigel from Winter Park, Florida, actually. He says, what are your opinions about people who make excuses? Oh. I'm the king of them, <laughs> and I know I have to change. Yep, change. <laughs> I'm being honest, Nigel. Um, excuses stop you. And sometimes your excuses come from fear. Most, most excuses come from fear. Fear of failure. Fear of failure, fear of not measuring up to somebody else's expectations. Um, we could have made 101 excuses as to why not do this again. Right. We could have made 101 excuses as to why this was so scary. I could have given up and gone, nope, don't want to go through the pain again. Don't want to take a chance. No, it, it, you know, no. we don't have the money. Yeah. No. Excuses. They paralyze yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Excuses make you feel comfortable, believe it or not. Because if you excuse yourself, then you're okay with it and you're comfortable. But deep down, it doesn't really sit well with you. you got to take an initiative. Last year, I had gained about 40 pounds from the stress. Hmm. And I looked at myself. I was with high blood pressure medication, CPAP machines, and... I said to myself, I'm, I'm killing myself, and I'm not even a father yet, so they were still pregnant. So, so the nutritionist, nutritionist, I had made up excuses throughout the year of why I would not do it. And I said, you know what, I'm going to start now. And Thanksgiving came, no excuses. I did not eat all the yummy food or Christmas or New Year's or anything. I stuck with wow. So in two months, I took off 30 pounds. No excuses. And he started the diet the day before my mother passed away. Yeah. Wow. So you can't, you know what? You can excuse yourself, but don't do it. It's just a long term, you lose, and then you find out you're in your 40s and you haven't done anything with your life. Try something. And I told Sylvia one thing we could be 50 with our bills paid with no children, or we could be 50 with children and have debt. Which one would mm. make us happy? No excuse. Mm. No, 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 no. And we decided to go with the harder 
it has been easy, but you know, here we are. We look back upon it and ask other, was it worth all this stress? She said yes. Mm-hmm. Excuses is the easy way. It is the easy way. And and Nixon from Orlando, Florida asked the following, what is the one thing you look forward to in your parenthood? Oh boy. I have plans. <laughs> I have I have I What have, are they Wooster? <laughs> well my little I call them my little minion, my little chicken nugget. I, I think Wooster's gonna build a mini Disney World. I'm actually thinking about building a mini uh, castle in the back. I want to do a YouTube channel. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, that's what that is awesome. Well, one of the things I strategically, when I bought the house, I wanted to see one in the backyard, and she thought I was crazy. Were well, you going to sit there? No, I actually pictured myself with kids in the backyard. Mm-hmm. So I planned Easter egg hunts, Halloween parties. Festive. Yeah, festive. That's right. To give the kids a, a fun background, a fun experience that we never had growing up as kids because we were very poor. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if you could make a difference, what would it be? Now, don't get me wrong. This is not about pampering the child. That's something distinct. But make it fun. When it's mm-hmm. fun time, memories. let's make it. Yeah, memories. memories. Making memories. That, like make... that, that's what we're looking forward to. Make that's memories. what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Making memories, and believe it or not, all the chaos that they bring. Hmm. The chaos, because in their chaos, there is joy, there is learning, there are experience, there are memories that you'll never forget. Um, I remember my goddaughter, Caitlin, when she was three, painted on the wall with crayons all over, all over the wall. And when I got there to visit, the dad goes, come and see what your daughter did. I said, okay, she's my goddaughter, and why is she my daughter when she does something wrong? And he, goes, he brings her in, he shows me the wall. And you know what, okay, Caitlin's a big 14-year-old now. And he brings her in, and we go, Caitlin, who did that? Why did you do this? She goes, I didn't do it, Nina. My hand did it. Those are the things that I'm looking forward to, because God knows Olivia's going to be a handful. <laughs> Oliver is going to get blamed by his sister, and Olivia's going to be the troublemaker. The troublemaker. <laughs> yeah. And I expect my nice leather sofas and my nice things are in the house. They're going to be ripped, torn, broken. But I'm preparing myself now. That is part of Listen, they're going to team up, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah, Wonder Twins activate. I, I can already <laughs> picture the Wonder Twins activating, running naked around the house and, and, and switching sides. And, yeah. Yeah. I see it. We see it. I got a question for you from Milda from Orlando, Florida. So this is a little long, so please listen. Life is a little rough at the moment. I am single, taking care of my ill father, and struggling to make financial ends meet. I would like to meet Prince Charming, but who wants to inherit all of these problems? Any advice? I know for one, I need to change my attitude. Okay, Nilda, let, let's, let's be very clear here because we can both very much relate to mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was 84 years old. She had open heart surgery in 92. Mm-hmm. My father had Alzheimer's, not Alzheimer's, I'm sorry, Kutzfeldt-Jacobs disease, which is Medcalf disease. Um, it, it's similar. It's a dementia. It's a type of dementia. And he also had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I cared for my father and I had to put him, unfortunately, because of his um, grave circumstances. He wasn't easy to take care of. I had to put him in a nursing home while my mother got diagnosed with breast cancer. I got divorced from my first husband all at the same time. And I had to take care of both sick parents for years uh, by myself. And I, like you... And you're an only child. and, And I'm an only child. I have no siblings. I have no, you know, 
um, li- very limited resources. I was just I was an elementary school teacher. I wasn't making a whole lot of money um, trying to keep up a household. My father passed away in 2007, and then it was me taking care of my mom. And I dated many people that couldn't handle the situation, or if they could, it was going to be put mom in a home or do something else, and that's not something I was willing to do again. It was very painful the first time around. And I, like you, thought, who the hell is going to want all this crap to deal with? Um, and you, he exists. He's out there. I married one. But there has to be understanding, reciprocation. Um, there has to be a lot of, of love. And you can't force it on them either. You can't force your situation on the person. Yeah. Um, and expect them to take over. Uh, I'm very independent. I was very much, hey, I've got this. I've done it. I've been doing it. I did it by myself for years. I hired a caretaker to take care of my mom. We lost her three-story house. I had to rent a little townhouse, hire a caretaker, and it was hard. It was hard. And my mother had four strokes after that. And now Adolfo and I have known each other for 30 years but never in a romantic capacity other than the last six years. We were, we were friends. We knew each other from high school. We knew each other from mm-hmm. as children. Um, I don't want to say I got lucky. I want to say I had divine intervention. I think fate was involved in our relationship and he can relate. Yeah. My mom died back in 98 when, at 49 of ovarian cancer. And my dad wow. had, had multiple strokes, and it was just him and I in his house for many years. And I had a very, a lot of failed relationships because I had to travel to another country to take care of my mother's parents, who were elderly. There's one of them still alive. Right. So how do you explain to someone you're dating, hey, we cannot go on vacation here because I need to go over there. And I did it from 98 all the way to 2012. I'm still doing it on and off when I can. So a lot of people, it wouldn't be fair to them to hamper them with your personal responsibility. And and it's understandable. And then when me and Sylvia got together, we had similar stories. So I knew where she was coming from. And actually, on a couple of days before we started dating, I ended up going to Nicaragua for a week. And, you know, she always kept tabs on me and worrying about me. And, well, well this girl's very unique, and you have to find certain common ground. So she understood. I understood her. And we just grew from there. And when we bought the house... So they asked me, so what are we going to do with my mother? And I told her, you're kidding, right? My sure. mom is coming with us. We don't, I understood that mom, there was no option to put her in her home. Absolutely not. Mom's mm-hmm. going to come. And mom, for the last three years prior to her leaving to heaven, was at our house with a care, four years, with a care, mm-hmm. caregiver who kept, you know, kept her well. And she, the last three years, she at least lived comfortably and mm-hmm. was able to see Sylvia pregnant. Yeah. That's she, right. She, she died, um, she passed away three weeks before I gave birth, which probably precipitated my birth, the birth of my children. Um, but my mom enjoyed the last three, four years undoubtedly yes. because of Adolfo. Um, for having him, we had her in the house. She was very well taken care of. Um, her caregiver passed away in my house as well. Mm-hmm. I came home to find her. Um, had a massive heart attack in my house, all while being pregnant. Let's remember this, pregnant with twins, high risk, bleeding, blood clots, in bed. We got the platinum package. Let me tell you, I have to share, and they still smile, and Nilda, here's the other piece. 
is your attitude. You acknowledge in your question about attitude. I can say for Chicken and Wooster, they are positive people. You get what you put out in the world. Yes. And they don't. They they are all. They're fun to be with. Even in the midst of their challenges, they seem they find they find joy. I've always found them. I had seen them look at the glass over that empty. And it starts with yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a question from Dennis from Akron, Georgia. Ooh, Georgia. So we're getting folks from all over the world. Thank you very much. It seems like you guys live a really good life down there in Miami. I'm in a small town. I don't get to see a whole lot, and I have to go outside of it to explore. Describe a time in your life when you just wanted to run away. What <laughs> held you back from doing so? Uh, <laughs> I couldn't find the car keys. I couldn't find the car keys. The rocket ship oh. is not available. If there, I will oh. say that if there were a trip to the moon one way, I think I'd be the first We're one. Going. We're running to you. <laughs> but I think, I think that would be in the pilot. Where are play. you in Georgia? We're going to you. <laughs> you know, I... I, where do I start? <laughs> you know what? It's okay to, to, to want to run away. It's okay to, yeah. to feel like you want to run away. But then the maturity factor kicks in and yeah. you have your obligations. And then you love that person and you stick to it. Because there's times between so this pregnancy and people passing away that you just want to hang it up and say, okay, let's stop the noise. Put your debt center in a bit. And if you were to step out and leave, it would all collapse. And a lot of people would not hurt. Yeah. So you, yeah, there were many times, even at the beginning of the relationship, where we're still dating when Sylvia was in the hospital a couple of times. I could, I had the opportunity to walk away and say, you know what, this ain't for me. I'm a single guy. I could be single. But I said, you know what, there's something special about it, and you stick by it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in a small town, you're going back to it. It's, mm-hmm. it's. I, my advice: go explore the world. Go check it out yeah. before you have kids, before it gets serious, right. before you're you're climbing down to the responsibilities. If you still can't travel and explore and make new friends, do it. Get out of the small town. Uh, there's nothing wrong with small towns, don't get me wrong. I think they're beautiful. But Yeah, right now we'd like to go to one of those. Right, yeah, somewhere <laughs> in Mars. But my advice, go find out. Talk to people, all kinds of people, different people, right. different parts of the world, different parts of background. So that way you get a more ample view of the world and you grow as a person. And then it's and yeah, right now, it's one second, Sylvia, right now you're doing it. They're reaching out to you. Yeah. So social media helps you have that outlet, but also, too, it's just a start. It's not the finish. You're going to add something? You can't run away from yourself. No. That's right. No. You can run to the other edge of the universe, but you can't run away from you. You can't run away from your feelings. You can't run away from your circumstances. Right. They're there. They're going to be there when you get back. No matter. They'll be waiting for you. No Mm -hmm. matter. They'll chase you. They'll chase you. <laughs> they'll, they'll chase, chase you. you. Yes, they'll chase you. They'll chase you. Stein from New York City, New York, asked the following. South Florida gets a lot of action. Name three things that you love about your city. The diversity. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that I work at a bank and I meet all types of clients from all over the world. And it's nice to see that they have different social backgrounds and belief systems and their experiences, and they share it with you, and you learn, and you learn to to see how they are. Another thing about Miami, I love the weather. I know some people say it's too hot, but the fact that winter is basically two days out of the year, <laughs> and everybody visits up as Eskimos because it's got yep. to 70 degrees. I'm, I'm one of the Eskimos. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. me all the time. with the fur. Yeah, with the fur. <laughs> and the castles. I love that. At the Dolphin Mall. <laughs> the food. Third, the food. The food. In, my, in South Florida, 
you could get any kind of food you want. That is true. Yeah, the food that you can so get the true. food anywhere, whatever you want. I'm a, I'm a on one street. On one street. street. On one street. Yeah, yeah. You can ride down and say, hmm, "What do I want today?" From yeah. chain to private, you know, mm-hmm. mom and pop. Absolutely. Natalia from Miami, Florida, asks the following: I need a career change. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to make the move, considering I really made good money where I'm at. I'm 34 and a little afraid of the unknown. Any advice? Here's my question: You make good money, but are you happy? Right. Are you happy with yourself? Are you happy with your job? Because if you're just going to be make money and be miserable, then it's not worth doing it. You're not rich. You're not right. wealthy. To be wealthy is to be happy. If you're accumulate, if you're going to accumulate money, you're going to be okay. very wealthy, but you're going to be very bitter as far as monetary. Try it. Do it now while you still can. I know people who make career changes in their 30s and 40s. Yep. And, They're going to do it in their 50s. And money should mm-hmm. not be the measurement of your absolute happiness. I'm not saying that money. By having it, what I'm saying is it, it should be other things that make you happy. Right. Even if you make less money. There's other jobs I've been offered outside of banking that I know that I would make more, much, much more money, but I know I'd be miserable. So I like what I do. I, I, would, I would agree with that. Um, money, money is a means, is the way to get to something, but if you're miserable, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You could have $100 million dollars and still be absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, find what you love to do and go out there and do it. You only live once. Life is very, very short, very. and it can be taken away in the blink of an eye. Yes, it can. Yes, you it know, can. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you were just born, if you're 89 years old, if you're 34, if you're 24. Live every second of every day with as much joy as you possibly can. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love the phrase you said, Wooster, to be wealthy is to be happy. That should be on a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I, I think that when you're in the 40s club, you see life differently. Yes. yes. It, it's, your 30s, you think you get it right. We were talking about this. You know, me and my, my better half and I, we always have meaningful conversations and we talk about these things. And I said, you know, in the 40s club, and maybe I'm wrong, but I really just don't give a crap. Like, I can't. Yeah, you're right. But I don't, because if I'm not living enough, you don't sweat, enough, the, small you don't sweat the small stuff. No. Truly, I sweat the small stuff. And what shall be, shall be. But wherever you go, there you are. There you exactly. are. <laughs> so that's why you can't run. You have to acknowledge these things and deal with it while you're young. Because if you're older trying to deal with these issues, it's hard to kick them. It's hard to kick these I challenges. Larry from Trenton, New Jersey, asked mm-hmm. the following. What's your mantra or catchphrase? Everybody has a slogan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> more money, more problems. We have I'm a kidding. few. <laughs> no, not more money, more problems. <laughs> no money. No money. <laughs> problems. Dot, dot, dot. Basically, that other teacher. Oh. Um, my motto to Sylvia every time we're going to do something that we know it's challenging and we know we're, it's going to be huge I look at her and hold her hand and I said to the end that's it to the end to the end laugh at yourself and your circumstances mm. these need to be on shirts by the way yeah. you know that right yeah. like, we talk about laugh at yourself and your circumstances yeah you, gotta, you, you, you can't take yourself so seriously I'm a banker and I see a lot of people in suits and ties and their nice expensive haircuts and they take themselves so, so seriously that there is no humor in their lives. And they're almost worried. And when I go to doctor's offices or to the IVF clinic, I'm always joking around. And people are kind of taken back by that. They're like, oh, wait a minute, you're a 40-something-year-old man in a suit and a tie. 
we're going to bank and you're just finding things funny. I said, yeah, because if you don't find humor in life, then you're slowly going to become bitter. Absolutely. And, and, and in the IVF clinic, everybody's so serious, everybody's concerned. I understand that and respect it, but you got to approach life with a bit of a smile and a twink in your eye because it's not, you're just going to be this, you know, older person just doesn't right. If we didn't laugh and joke, especially in this year, of everything that has happened to us in a short span of like, time. Yeah, nonstop. I mean, when we say it was nonstop, mm-hmm. we're talking mm-hmm. like every other week. Like, you can't make up our life. You really no, can't you make can. up the crap that happens in our life. That is so true. Um, and we would be in a loony bin. We would be locked up, you know, in straitjackets at this point if we didn't laugh at what's going on. For example, my mom... My mom's caretaker, when I got home from the doctor's appointment that I came home and I found her, I found the caretaker dead when we walked in the house. My mother was in the other room. I thank God every day that my mother did not get up to check on her because then I would have found both of them. Right. Um, we couldn't tell my mother that she had passed away, that Dora had passed away. We couldn't say that because it would be too emotionally challenging for her. So we kept it from her. Lo and behold, mom passes away three months later, four months later, and we had to joke. We said, um, and, and this is one thing that I actually learned from Dora, because Dora would, when somebody would pass away, she was like, you know, there's more oxygen for me now. They were just taking too much oxygen. And she taught me a lot also to, you know, kind of laugh at even the serious thing. So when my mom passed away, we kind of joked and we said, damn it, she probably got to heaven and went, am I in Mexico? <laughs> Because Dora was Mexican. Am I in Mexico? And Dora, what are you doing here? And Dora's going, damn, I can't even get away from you, Dad. You you followed me to heaven, lady? And my mom's going, they lied to me. So So we had told mom that Dora had moved to Mexico because of health issues. So so when mom passes away, she goes to heaven. She's like, what am I doing in Mexico? You know, what are you doing here? She's like, even in the afterlife, I can't get rid of you. I can't, I can't get rid of you. <laughs> because she was a You know, when we decided, mom's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. I have heard, heard it all today. I, you told me the story, but I, I didn't know that part. Yeah. <laughs> so we, told, we told mom when the cops were there investigating. And they were in suits. Like, well, these are the bankers who are doing appraisal on my house for refinancing the house. Mind you, they're the medical examiner. They're the medical examiner. They have the rubber gloves in their hands. And, like, they don't want to touch anything. Oh, okay. Well, let me close the door so they won't bother you. It was a great idea. So we closed the door and we took out the body to the other door. And poor mom. So we have. Um, <laughs> again, you got a lot. We we're, we're doing great, but we're thinking about it. <laughs> Michelle from Davy Florida asked. Great stage name, Chicken and Wooster. So when's the show? <laughs> uh, soon. Our, the Actually, they're not really stage names. They're actually our nicknames. This is, he calls me Chicken. In Spanish, when a girl is good looking or a man likes a woman, he calls her a pollito, a un pollo. So he would call me pollito. And I looked at him and said, I am not calling you papa. I am not calling Bobby, you chicken. Yeah. I'm not calling you Bobby. <laughs> My daddy. Um, I, I, I gave her those names. She still said it's no. It's not going to happen. Let's call you Wooster. I said, okay. And, you know, the other thing was there was a, there's a story where the little, the father is always reading the story, the fable to the kid. Mm-hmm. And the kid always jumps in and says, he reads the end of the story. They're and and they're, it's a chicken and a rooster, but big chicken. big chicken, right? And the little boy says to the dad, to the rooster, 
And he and he goes, Papa, it's this way. And the rooster says to the chicken, Chicken, you interrupted me again. And I used to interrupt him. I still do. All the time. So I looked at him and said, I am not calling you Papa. So that is how the chicken and rooster came, came up. And it kind of stuck to us yeah. from five years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't call her chicken, if I call her Sylvia, then you know it's something serious. Yeah, yeah. and if I call him Adolfo, that is like, true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, if I call him Adolfo. That is true. Because I've, I've seen that moment. Yeah. But I've yeah. seen those. <laughs> walked, I've seen those. He walks into the operating room when they're doing the C-section. Mm-hmm. I can't see him coming in. I've got, you know, a big blanket right. in front of me. And I hear, chicken, I'm here. And I go, who's the entire And there's a team of people staff. looking at me like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> and I look at them, I'm like, okay, Grey's Anatomy, let's do this. <laughs> I did say that. I did say that. I had to take leadership, right? Exactly. So I'm like, let's get this done. And you're like, okay, let's, let's do this. And who are you? I'm like, I'm Wooster. Who are you? We got a couple more questions. I'm going to get them in. So Marcos from Orlando, Florida asked, sometimes we make mistakes in life, but the key is that you learn from them. Absolutely. I knew I have. Name one mistake each of you, Chicken, Wooster, and Billy, that you've made and where are you now? Now that life has passed it, I'll start with you both. And then I'll end. A mistake? Yeah. I, I think the only one I could think of, I'll, I'll just throw mine in. It's very brief. The fact that I wish I had lived life more fully sooner. Mm-hmm. I was so career driven that now I feel like I'm not now living life. Mm-hmm. I wish I had done it sooner. But mm-hmm. then it's kind of awkward because if I didn't do that earlier, then I wouldn't be here today. Right. So that it, kind of goes back yeah. to the whole thing of what would you change? Well, I, right. The one thing I write. Well, this one's really good. It's hard. When I was 15, yeah. uh, she asked me out to homecoming <laughs> and I turned her down. Little that I know, 30 plus years later, I'd marry her. <laughs> and I was 15 years old. She asked. Shade. <laughs> she, had, uh, she had the braces, uh, the Reebok high tops, the volcano jeans, and the jacket. <laughs> The poofy hair. The white leopard video. That hair. 80s look. Yeah. 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 Early 90s. And she actually was like, I love we have to go to home coming with me. And I'm like, no. So if I have anything to regret, I should have said yes, because I kind of missed 30 years. But I guess it took me 30 years to realize, hey, you know, this girl who lives about a mile from your house is the one for you. So I guess that'd be it. Right? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> um, a mistake? I know it's hard to I, think. I, I don't think every, anything ever is really a mistake. It's no, hard to explain. No, I think every mis- anything that could even be considered a mistake it's led me to who I am today. Yeah. So I don't. It's a growth tool. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of even getting married the first time, young, and pushing it um, may have been a mistake. But again, I learned in that relationship. Um, I think he did too. He's, you know, he's off having a wonderful marriage now. So am I. So I don't, I don't think anything's a mistake. I, and, I think and, I've grown from everything. Yes, because you are mature. At, and, and at I, one point, it was my choice. Right. And everybody's better as a result because when you're doing well, it's okay for you to wish well for others. Mm-hmm. Because in the midst, if it weren't for all the folks who's passed, some negative, some positive, in the relationships prior. You wouldn't be able to enjoy or celebrate what you have today. So it's all well worth it. I, I would have liked sure, to enjoy my life more, like yeah. you said. That yeah. I wish I would have done. I think we all were there. Yeah. We all were there. It's, 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 
We had to live. We wanted independence. And independence requires you are surrendering something. Yeah. yeah. And now you almost feel like you're doing catch up. It's like, now I feel like I'm catching up. And mm-hmm. we're still in our prime, our youth. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh my gosh, why did I do this when I'm in my 30s? Because I was so determined this is what was supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. You can't script life so much. Exactly. But the more you do, the more it won't happen the way you want it to. Right. Exactly. You just have to live it. Exactly. That brings us to our last question from Danielle from Miami, Florida. So, what are your future plans? Is there anything you'd like to do that you haven't already accomplished? I would have had you asked me that question a year ago, and I think I may have. Yeah. In my in our last interview, I may have yeah. said this. Um, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said being a mother. Today, I've accomplished everything okay. I have ever wanted in my entire life. I agree. That, that goes double for me. There's once you achieve what I've achieved with a beautiful wife, loving wife, and two beautiful kids. Everything else is just extra. I can live with what I have. I'm comfortable. I'm not looking for riches, power, or influence. I just want to be with my family. That's all. That will, that completes me. Hmm. Now, if I can win the lottery, that will work. That will enhance things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Situation. Or just pay off the Honda. Yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just give me. We're good. You know, I have to share the last three minutes. So as as. I, you have to hear this story. You have to see the excitement about them. They have not lost their, their gusto for life. Congratulations. Thank you. And all of you, with all your outpour of love, we've gone all the way up the East Coast. Can you believe this? Wow. All the way up in New York City. Look at this. New York City, Akron, Georgia, um, Orlando, Davie. We've been Hollywood, Florida, Miami, of course, Winter Park, Florida, Northern Florida. Thank you all for listening and for supporting what we're doing here and supporting Chicken and Wooster. Some of you were loyal from before because some of the names look familiar from your part, your previous mm-hmm. interview. So folks are really looking forward to your segment. And so I offer this to those of you who are listening. Here in Everyday Folks, we are now entering year two of our incredible work. We are growing here. And it's these kinds of stories that keep us going and wanting to explore more. It surely motivates me as a writer. Because these stories are just such good food. They're good food for thought, for, for creation. And so I say congratulations to you. You know this is not the end. You'll be back sometime soon. Right. I appreciate your coming all the way to the other side of the universe <laughs> to come actually tape a live show because I know how busy you were. And so I was telling them they could call in. But I'm so grateful you came nonetheless. And I'm yes. sure you probably wanted to change too. Yes. So it was nice to come out while you can. And so thank you so much for doing so. And those of you who are listening, let me offer this. There's some new things that are coming up for everyday folks, like the launch of our everyday folks radio website. It is ready to release. All I have to do is hit activate. It is done. And so I'm very excited about that. There will be more on social media to help you connect. So you'll be able to connect more directly from another platform that is very centralized towards the show. So you can talk to the guests. You can speak to each of the, 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 the DJs, the personalities, you name it. We'll all have another platform. And I won't let go of my own author page. That'll still exist for my author work. And everyday folks stuff will still funnel through there. So do look out for that. We were supposed to launch yesterday, but I held it off for a little longer because I wanted to use the weekend to do some last-minute tweaks. So we're definitely going to come back with that. But I hope you'll come and check me out. There's a lot coming up for me this year. So do check me out February 11th at the African American Research Library on my lecture on, um, on Harlem Renaissance Literature. Next, tomorrow I'll be at the parade with FIUs waving. So hopefully no rain or, 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 or ATVs will knock me over. So I'll be there doing that as well. And lastly, MLK Day is not a day off, but a day on. 
If you got the time, go out and make a difference in the community and a difference in your world. You've been listening to Billy Jones here on Everyday Folks Radio with the lovely chicken. Congratulations to you both. Thanks for listening and tune in next Saturday, Sunday for another show at 3 p.m. Until then, have a great one.